Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. A few weeks ago, we talked about the death of ambition. And you remember that's the concept that many are seeing post-pandemic, a lack of motivation, sort of malaise that sits in through organizations or an indifference to whatever the topic is. We see this happening in the world right now. Part-time jobs are soaring by choice. People are opting out from working full-time. You could see, is that related to ambition? There's a sense that ambition is dead. And of course, like all things, this is a pendulum and it, it's a moment in time. But listeners may want to check out that episode. But today we want to talk about those who do have ambition and what it is and what to do about it and when it's good and when it's not, et cetera. So I want to start with what is ambition? And one journal I read, I can't pronounce who wrote it, Judge and Kamire Muller, I think it is, says ambition is a relatively stable personal disposition defined as the persistent and generalized striving for success attainment and accomplishment. So ambition, the persistent and generalized striving for success, attainment, and accomplishment. To discuss ambition, we have a wonderful panel here today. Drew, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Tammy. Thank you. I didn't say welcome. I should say welcome. That's quite all right. I feel welcome. It's understood. I feel welcome. It's understood. And Elise. So glad to be back. So we're talking about ambition. What do you think about ambition? What is ambition? I actually looked it up because I, I wanted to just get a crystallized view of it. And what I read was a strong desire to achieve something. Good, simple definition. A little more digestible than the journal that's the generalized striving for, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah, ambitious, trying to achieve something. What is ambition? What would you say? If you saw someone who has ambition, what do they look like? They walk fast. I think driven, focused. They want more responsibility, more accountability, want to be the leader. You know, sometimes you can get ahead of yourself in that, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But just that, you know, driven. I'd say it shows up individually for each person, too, based on someone's different level of ambition. So my husband's ambition looks very different than mine because we're in two very different career fields and working on two very different things. But I think that commonality of driven for what you're passionate about. So there's got to be some passion associated mm -hmm. with it. Do I yeah. have a vision of where I'm trying to go mm -hmm. and the path to get there, mm -hmm. and am I going after it? And personality plays big into ambition. We know if you watch kids even, you can see what one is doing and what that ambition looks like is very different than another. I always say be careful not to think ambition is a scale of extroversion. Sometimes people see extreme extroversion and think that translates to ambition, and it doesn't. It's just a personality trait. You can be introverted and incredibly quiet and then be just incredibly ambitious. So that is a warning. So is ambition frowned upon, or I guess I should say, when is ambition frowned upon? And when is it something that you love to see? How would you kind of characterize those? So, you know, when you meet someone, you're like, this person's ambitious. And they use the word and the tone changes. Not this person is ambitious, it's this person is ambitious. And then it's other times you say, you know, this person's really ambitious. I think when it's healthy ambition, it looks like a desire to create and, and to act. And you're right. 
temperament, it's a good call out. Temperament really plays into what that looks like. When it's unhealthy ambition, it could be on the scale of greedy or very self-focused or maybe just unrealistic. Like I'm, I'm ambitious to do something, but I'm not realistic about what I really could do. All right. I was going to go with that, but say like coachable, right? Like mm. if you, if you take somebody, um, our CIO has a really good way to put this where a young IT professional, I say young twenties, whatever, upper twenties would say, you know, he would ask him, you know, what do you want to do? And that person would say, well, I want your job like tomorrow. And instead of just dismissing them or saying, well, that's impossible, or I'll see you in 30 years or something just deflating, he says, okay, you can, here's what that would mean. You know, go find a startup, put a cot in the startup because you're going to be sleeping there and work there tirelessly for three years. When you come out of that, you can be a CIO. Are you willing to do that? And it's very real and coachable and here it is, man. But will that person take that advice or not? And do they really want it? It's a do good, they really want it? Yeah, it's a good way to put them in the shoes. Of course, it may or may not mean they're actually qualified to be the CIO of a different larger organization if they ran a startup. But the point is, is really good. I have had that same thing happen where intern programs and the intern will meet with me in a, in a luncheon situation. And, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? They inevitably say, you, I see me, I see myself as you, as the CEO, et cetera. And what I've come to realize is that they have no idea what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, <laughs> but I don't think they understand what five or 10 years is to them. Five or 10 years is a hundred oh, years. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a big learning for me because you think, well, that's, crazy. In five years, you'd have to do these things and put the cot in and all the things you were mentioning. Our great technology leader, shout out to Bart Murphy, would say. But it's also this sense of time. What does that mean in five to 10 years? So so I've now refined the question to what is your long-term career goal? And then, you know, they may say, I want to be a CIO, CTO, whatever they want to be. And then you can talk about what it takes to get there, et cetera. But I, I think it's good to remember that, to put yourself in their shoes. Because to, I'm like, I have sweatshirts that are 20 years old. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, five years is whatever. From their point of view, it's not whatever. Like, they have needs right now. They want to achieve right now. So it's not unreasonable to have the ambition. And how do you guide them without dismissing them, you know? Yes. And how do we get Drew some new sweatshirts? Mm -hmm. well, it's the comfiest one. I think another thing about ambition, if you I wrinkled may your add. nose, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> At yeah, least wrinkled I her nose. Right, it's, like, it's time. Oh, it's time to increase no. the sweatshirt. She's also count. like okay. moving away from him <laughs> in the podcast room. They're very clean. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the other thing about ambition, and Drew's going to chuckle because he knows I'm going to say this part of being ambitious is bringing people with you. When you have unhealthy ambition, you're stepping on people to get there. Yeah. Um, so there's yes. there's a huge difference yes. in how, how you interact with other humans at that point. That's I think good. people think they should be ambitious, too, sometimes. They want to show up as ambitious because they think they should be, maybe at a point in their career. I'd like a little more people, too, honestly. <laughs> well, but that was the previous podcast. I do think that's interesting, though, because I hit a point at one point in my career where I'm like, okay, this is good for right now. This is where I need to be right now based on all the different external forces in my life. And you go through those ebbs and flows. Or maybe I just do. I don't know. No, it's true. I, I remember at one point in my career, I, I was deliberately trying to take a step back and do less for very specific reasons. And 
circumstances didn't last that long that I could do it, but it, it was conscious. And I think purposeful. that's important. Yes, yeah. yes, purposeful. So if you're just starting out, you're ambitious and you want to grow, how do you best channel that? Say yes to projects, opportunities, anything that comes your way. I mean, really like stepping in and saying that that project over there, I want to help with that. Is there something I can do with that? It doesn't have to be, I'm going to lead it, but is there something I can do? That type of just engaging and being active and not just waiting for the world to recognize your greatness, I think goes a long way. And Skip, you said something earlier about long-term career goals. I think being able to share your long-term career goals in an articulate way with a leader or a mentor of both is a good step. I also think you need to be a good team member. You can't focus on just what you want to do. You have to focus on how your ambition can benefit the team that you're working in because those folks will also come alongside. You'll be able to work more collaboratively with people. That will in turn bring you opportunity. It's asking for it, but it's also participating in it. Yeah, I really like that. One of the things that I think is the hallmark of someone who does it right is the ambition should be for a team often where you want the team to succeed and you're championing, highlighting various people. A quote of mine is the, the job of leaders is to make others shine. And if you make enough other people shine, you'll shine. So I think it's important to have that ambition that's beyond you. It's so ugly if someone is ambitious about themselves. Mm -hmm. They just want more, more, more. They want power, money, fame. We see this, right? You see it with influencers. You see it with politicians, anybody, right? In, in any, where it's, it's really about me and how much I can acquire. And my goal is acquiring more. And by acquiring, it could be material things. It could be accolades, followers, you know, whatever it is, you're chasing something that is an external validation and you're probably chasing it because you have something lacking in your own life. But <laughs> leaving that aside, I think it's really important to channel your ambition. And one of the ways is a team. Even if your goal was, say, money, the goal for ambition for money is misplaced. Nobody's going to rally to your cause that you want more money that I've ever found. But if you are instead producing extraordinary value, then that will follow. So the goal of, I always say, work harder on yourself than you do on your job, Jim Rohn said, that's the, the point. Because if you work really hard on yourself, that's a way to channel your ambition in a positive way. Because if I'm working on myself, I'm gaining new skills. I'm a better communicator. I'm a better listener. I'm more strategic, whatever I'm working on. And it could be a specific issue. I'm an expert in this, you know, cash accounting, et cetera. Whatever I'm working hard on, that will come back and channel into positive ambition. So how does a manager spot an ambitious employee and why is that important? I think it goes back to the introverted extroverted thing for a little bit of it's hard to look at somebody and you can't read their mind. You don't know what their hopes and dreams are. You don't know. I mean, that's the part where communication plays into this of not I need this or I'm leaving. I deserve to be, you know, director of the world. But just here's what I'm hoping to get out of my career and, and the manager to see that and have a two-way realistic conversation. That is the fastest way probably. When setting aside the time for it, not expecting 
so often we have one-on-ones scheduled with our teams and our individual employees, and we think we're going to have that conversation there, but it's it's setting aside a completely separate time for that conversation, totally devoted to that. I think one of the things I recognize in an ambitious person is a, a desire to color outside the lines and a desire for some freedom, whether that's taking on another project, whether it is volunteering for, you know, a new skill development. Usually somebody who is doing that is trying to move forward and acquire some new skills. It's something I was thinking, do I see this in every single person I've worked with who's ambitious, whether they're introvert or extrovert, you know, no matter what their temperament was. And it does seem to be a common characteristic. It's good. And spotting that, I think, is important to management. And going back to Drew's initial answer, I think it's important not to assume yourself in those people, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why you're asking, because so Mm -hmm. often you can think, well, this is how I operate or how I operated back then. Therefore, you also feel the same way. You are also thinking that way. And you'll find oftentimes that they have no interest at all in in what you were thinking. Or, Or they're ambitious, but in a completely different way than you were. Like, that's the thing I think that would be tough for me is the, okay, yes, I understand that on the surface, but every point underneath of it is different. Oh, that's going to take some some understanding. What do you mean? What does ambition mean to you? And it doesn't always mean moving up. I think we think of ambition as moving up, but a lot of people are ambitious about becoming expert in something. They want to spread wide and, and go deep, and they don't, they're not necessarily looking for a leadership role, but they're ambitious to be the expert. They're ambitious perhaps to be recognized for that expertise. Yeah, changing the world does not mean you have to be the leader of that organization. Mm-hmm. And some people, are, you know, maybe a breakthrough, you know, pharmaceutical, maybe a breakthrough, whatever. And that's an ambitious goal. I want to I want to cure cancer. I don't need to be the CEO of major company X. So I, I think that is a important distinguishing fact. So how do you manage a high performer? We've all had these. A high performer who expresses ambition and their ambition is is articulated. I want to have this position. I want this responsibility. I want this income, whatever it is. They tell you exactly what it is. But you as the manager don't know exactly what to do because you don't have that position open. You don't have the ability to just meet. You know, sometimes they think, well, my manager isn't supportive because I've told them this, that, and the other. But they can't do it. What do you do in those situations to help that employee who's in a positive, ambitious way, wants to contribute more, but you're not quite sure what to do? What do you do about that? I always go back to stretch assignments. There are so many opportunities within an organization that oftentimes leaders can't see what those opportunities are. So taking time to just pause, think through them, even reach out to their peers and explore what are some of the challenges you're experiencing on your teams, and is there a way for them to stretch into that? Now, if you have someone ambitious, that's going to mean we still need you to do your day job over here, and a stretch is going to require a stretch. That could look different for every single person. I think the thing I try to get across to people is some of this is timing that we've got to jump on it when the opportunity presents itself, but I can't necessarily make the opportunity present itself. So if you say like, anytime you do a merger or an acquisition, right, that's a great career opportunity to learn how that works, to be a part of it. It's fabulous. I can't make a merger or an acquisition happen tomorrow. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And that's the thing with stretch assignments. Like 
I think we like to believe they're all over the building. They're not really. Like I can't, I can't take a person on my team and say, at least this person's going to ride along with you because they're just interested in what you're doing. And, and it's, it's a waste of your time. And so I think you've got to just be realistic with the person that I hear you. Can't promote you tomorrow because there's no place to go. Don't want to lose you. You're hugely valuable. I'm hearing what you're saying. And when one of these pops up, you're going to be first on my list. I think what you're doing there, though, is you're having the conversation about it. As you've identified what that stretch looks like and when it comes available, we're going to try and get you yeah, into it. Yeah, at least I'm not doing anything wrong in this situation. No, let's no, not I'm, be, agreeing. Not be silly. I'm just making sure <laughs> yeah, you know okay, I'm agreeing okay, with you. Like, yeah, I, mean. <laughs> I think, too, we don't have to take the burden on ourselves. We mm-hmm. can ask that person, this isn't an opportunity right now. What else would you like to do? What else do you see? It might even just be going to a conference to learn something more about X, Y, or Z. It might be, hey, I want to get better at presentation skills because I know that at some point in my career, I'm going to have to do that more. But ask them because they probably have some ideas. And if they don't have ideas, I would challenge them. Go away. Think about this. You know, think about something that you can do within the context of what we need done right now that would be interesting to you. And then we'll talk about how I might be able to support it. I actually see that with leaders where they think they're doing their team a favor by doing the whole presentation themselves. I'm not going to burden you with that. I'm going to handle this side project over here mm-hmm. that you've got too much on your plate. And and it actually is is doing the team a little bit of a disservice, even though it's well-intended. Mm-hmm. Of No, that let, that let that person handle that. You're the executive director and it's okay to pass that one down. We call that in something, one of the trainings we do, are you playing chess or are you playing tic-tac-toe? Your tic-tac-toe items are someone else's chess items. Beautiful. See, see. This is Elise, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Aimeyer. You, you know, Tammy, at the beginning of uh, answering that question, you said, be careful not to take that burden on you. And I think that is something I've observed, where the ambitious employee will express something and walk away from the meeting and think, well, I'm done. I told the manager what I want, and now right. it's their responsibility, et cetera. And then they get angry if something doesn't happen. Right. Instead of that pure ownership to realize nobody cares about you like you. Absolutely. I say that all the time. Like, no, it's, it is say it ul- again. It is ultimately yeah. your responsibility. Nobody cares about your career, your ambition more than you do. So if you're not getting taken care of, take care of yourself. Yes. And it is not something that you can deputize your manager and think that they're, that they're done. And, and similarly, as the leader, as the manager, it's important that you don't, you might care, you might have a passion for it. You don't want to ignore it or just not treat it with the relative respect it needs. But at the same time, it's not your burden. So pointing out some conferences, pointing out some some advice that you could do this or that and the other, I think are great, stretch assignments, et cetera. But beware that you're not taking that on yourself. Well, what about reining in an ambitious employee? And I mean ambitious. I mean, this person has ambition. And you need to rein some of that in because it's spilling out and maybe not looking quite the way that person intends. How do you best rein in an ambitious employee, but still get the best out of them and still help that person get to where they want to go. I think using your experience to show the bad consequence that is coming soon if this continues and and, and, and just in a very real business standpoint of, look, you may think this is the right thing. You have no experience with our financial organization. Here's how they are going to look at that statement you say, and you're about to step onto a landmine. 
I've been there. I've done that. I've stepped on it. Let me help you see what you're about to do. I, I think it sounds so easy when we explain it like that. But I think, you know, if you do get the opportunity to see the behavior, hit the pause button, explain why this, this is going to get perceived in a bad way. Context. That, that can help. You're yeah. giving context. context. Yeah. Oh, well, con- experience, from experience. That goes back to what we've talked about in the past on different podcasts of trust too. You as the leader in that employee have to have a solid foundation of trust where they know you respect them for them to really be able to hear you in those Well, and where they believe me and don't just think I'm trying to beat down their ambition. Very important. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I want to end with this. Drew, at the, somewhere in this podcast, you were talking about just say yes. And I think that's important. If you want to stretch yourself, you have to be outside of your comfort zone. One of the mistakes in my book is staying in your comfort zone. So saying yes often puts you in an area where you're not the expert. Stretches are painful, right? If you're if you're being stretched, it it's not comfortable. And that's the definition. So if you want to aspire to something, you are saying, I want to stretch, I want to do something more. That's going to require effort, and there may be some pain involved as well. So saying yes, I think is good counsel. When should you not say yes? When should you say yes? Now, obviously you could say yes. You mentioned financials. You jump into something and say, yes, I'll do this on financials. If you're, you have no qualifications, should you say yes or will you just look worse, et cetera? What's the range in terms of saying yes? When is it advisable? And there's a personality element to this as well. Some people are risk takers and they'll say, yes, oh yeah, yeah, do it, right? And others are looking at it very cautiously and carefully and thinking, I'm analyzing this and I'm thinking, I don't know if the ratio, risk ratio is what it should be. So maybe I shouldn't do that at all. And so some people might shy away and not take any risks or stretch assignments and others may jump on them and then not be in the right one. So how do you Mm -hmm. get that balance right? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to look at the pros and cons. What am I trying to get out of this? What will the team get out of it? What will the risks be? What will the potential benefits be? I go to a trusted advisor, go to somebody else in the organization. What What do you think? Here's what I'm thinking, and here's why I think it aligns with my goals. How do you think this would work out? Do you think that it's something I could do with support? Here's what I want to learn. You know, I think it's really just kind of evaluating it like you'd evaluate many other decisions and in I your think life. The, the good news is there's not one path to make it work. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a cost benefit calculator for every single decision in your day, that might be right for you. If you want to be cowboy, go for it. Woo. I'll figure out the consequences later. Both of those can actually end up good or bad. So you got to figure out what works for you. When I've had a moment in my career where I've looked at my leader and I've said, look, if that's what you're asking me to do, I'll do it. Here's my concern with it. Here's what I will need your help, coaching, guidance, leadership on, because I know this stuff is going to get in my way to be successful at that. So if I can get your commitment and help there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I'll do that. That's good. I'm thinking about the employee who once told me, what did I just sign up for? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I said, don't worry about it. It'll be just fine. And so those stretch assignments often, it's good to have the clarity, but I have seen people succeed in both cases where they have no idea what they signed up for and they're jumping in head first and they're in the deep end of the pool. 
And I've also seen people succeed if they cost benefit and really look at it, et cetera. So there's a huge range in there. So and don't we often learn from our mistakes? Don't we Absolutely. often learn from struggles, adverse situations? And that's almost always resident in growth in, mm-hmm. in a stretch assignment or, you know, some yeah. situation where and, you're learning and doing something new. And even on the positive side, I said yes to a project that changed my whole career path. One project. So it was it you, this podcast? <laughs> I'll tell you in 10 years. But I think I think people this is a thing again a thing that comes with perspective and experience, right? People only see, oh, you're the CEO. Gosh, that must have been a straight line from bottom to top and no no bumps in between and you knew exactly what you're going to do and here you are. And we all know that's not the case, but it's hard to get across that well, I didn't know what I was doing there and then I made that decision there and then this person showed up here and actually that was bad there and then it, you know, but that's reality. So I think just letting people understand that Take a chance. Like, it's going to be okay. Good advice to end the podcast. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So whatever your ambition is, it's going to be okay. Thank you all for listening to Aim Higher. We appreciate your reviews, comments, questions that come in, and we appreciate you listening, and we hope you have a great week and that you continue to aim higher. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher. <laughs>